We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Welcome back to the Eight Black Hands podcast. This is Charles Cole. So happy to be back with you all. I am joined. It's just two of the four right now. You know what I'm saying? And we about to try to hold it down. But I'm with my brother in crime, uh, Ray Ankrum. Ray, what's up, man? What's happening, bro? Everything good out there? West Coast? It's going, man. How you been, brother? I'm doing well, man. You made it doing to well. school? Yeah, three more days and then, you know. Yeah, man. So this is the first time it's just been me and you, man. This is kind of a special moment. I, I don't know if, 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 I don't know if Chris and uh, Sharif would approve, but. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but this is about to be fun, man. Uh, but before we hop into this podcast, yo, like, you've been busy, bro. Why don't you tell folks what you've been working on? I'm, we, we, I'm proud of you, man. What, what, what is this thing? Thanks, man. You it's partially inspired by you, bro. You know, your your podcast. So I, I decided to branch out and do my own podcast. And you know how we talked before about everybody should be doing a podcast and then we form Voltron, Eight Black Hands. So my podcast currently podding at the Edupirist Pod on Twitter. The Edupirist Pod. And Edupirist is real simple. Dealing with education in its purest form and that's the truth. Come on the show, you tell the truth, and we're good. Okay. What? How's it differ from uh, a black hands? Like, what do we get a different you? Like, what's what's what what distinguishes it? So it's pretty much me. My, well, I'm me all the time, uh, but this is just me without y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm interested in hearing it, man. I'm proud of you. Um, I think that that's super dope, and I can't wait to check it out. What we're going to talk about today, I don't know if you saw this article, but there's this huge article that's been getting a whole bunch of attention, and it was in the Atlantic. And basically, it's called, it's the, um, I think it's called Better Schools Won't Fix America. Um, and it was written by this really rich cat named uh, Nick Hanawar. Excuse me, I probably said his name wrong. But basically, he wrote this article in the Atlantic where his main argument is that education is not the answer uh, to economic inequality. And the, the article is kind of taking over my timeline. So uh, when I saw it the other day, right, like I saw all these people retweeting it and stuff, I was like, okay, let me like make some time in my calendar to read this. Like I had some, some room and I was like, let me sit down with some coffee and like really dig into this. Cause I'm about to be wowed. All these people on my timeline that do ed work is like, plugging this like I think he just saw some stuff right <laughs> and and so I carved out the little 20 minutes and I was ready to be blown away man but instead I got an article from a billionaire telling me something that anyone that grew up poor in this country already knew uh you know I I, I think that we he basically was saying education isn't going to fix the issues we have to fix like economic inequality and and for all these people that were just like, oh, my God, it's the snaps, you know, with people in our field, like, the snaps. <laughs> <laughs> it's snapping mofos. I don't know what happened to clapping. I don't know, bro. I just always feel uncomfortable when I'm in a room full of, like, folks and they start snapping. And 
But I'm like, yo, like, of course, like we, like anybody that's poor knows that, right? Like any, like we grew up knowing that it, it's not just education. Like you got to fix, you know what I'm saying? Like part of the stuff is poverty plays such a huge role. Like you're not saying nothing like novel, but the point is, is that I think homies just don't want to put more money behind air reform. Listen, which is fine. Like yeah. it's fine, bro. You don't have to like make up these things because you don't want to write that check no more. And I, and I appreciate the checks that you have spent, you feel me? Like I'm not, I'm not one of the people that's telling people what to do with their bread. I've, I've never been that guy, but also don't act like you had this big epiphany. Um, and that's why you're no longer going to like support ed reform or whatever. So, I mean, I didn't give all the details, um, but that's enough for us to riff off of, right? Like let's riff off people outside the culture, people outside of, that black and brown or poor community that has that is relegated to these public schools um, that make themselves feel good by inserting themselves in these conversations, whether they're giving money or not. And we can just have a conversation about that. I, I think we can go real long on that. And it will, it, 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 but it pissed me off so much, Ray, and I'm going to shut up and get you the mic, but it yeah. pissed me off so much that I'm writing an article. I haven't written an article in forever. Like I'm writing a rebuttal. And you will hear parts of what that rebuttal is today. So t- talk to me about white folks that uh, center themselves in these uh, education issues. Yeah, honestly, bro, I try to tune them out, right? Because, you know, like we, anybody, anybody with partial brain matter <laughs> knows that, you know, that all, the, all of these problems that black and brown families and communities face are rooted an economic disadvantage, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, to say that, you know, that, like you said before, like it's not profound at all. Like you're not saying anything new, right. you know? Like I, I, want, I want these people to start, like when, when, you, when you, so I want them to be solution oriented when they come up with these things, right? So like you come up with this epiphany about, all right, education is not gonna solve it for black and brown. What is gonna solve it then? Let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about what can solve it, you know? And like, it bothers me that you have these billionaires perched from high above that want to look down upon, you know, the poor folks. It just, it just bothers me, bro. Right. I, it, me too, man. And I think that like, you know, it's interesting. I saw one of the people that, that comment on it was, was Diane Ravitch. And <laughs> she said, she said this, somebody running her campaign, her, her, her Twitter campaign. Right. Cause she was like, Nick went somewhere and got woke. She says something to that, right? Woke? What? Right. Wait, 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 right, right. So so here's the thing that happens, right? Because people are so blinded by like these wars of anti-reform or pro-reform or whatever the case is that we just, like you get so entrenched in the fight sometimes that you forget what you just said like a week ago, like, right? Like, first off, you hate it. Like if you hate, billionaires giving money to aid reform efforts, right? Like, or, or you hate charter schools, right? Like if you hate these things and you think they're really harming kids, but then as soon as one of those billionaires t- turns and like now agrees with you, you, it's different. Or when those charter teachers union up, right? Like now the NEA is actually like tweeting these people. Well, are you tweeting them? Be- I th- if, char- if you felt charters were bad and hurting kids, right? Like, why all of a sudden are you tweeting these people? Oh, is it because you got some new membership? Like the, the, this, this issue, bro, is like, 
th- this is how I knew homie wasn't about it in his article. He didn't mm-hmm. mention race one time. He mm-hmm. did the classic thing of it ain't race, it's it's class. You know what I mean? Like, and like it, it's not that. Like you can tell when somebody's avoiding having a conversation about race. Like the way I read this, bro, I feel like he said to a bunch of people in his life that I don't see color. Like, like it's <laughs> <laughs> like that's how. Like y'all have to, okay, y'all y'all have to go read the article. It's called "Better Schools Won't Fix America." Uh, it's in the Atlantic. Is that you can get it from behind the paywall. So, but one was just how these cats avoid talking about race because. If you acknowledge race and you a billionaire and you white, what that means you have to do is at some point you have to reconcile how you got to your lot and place in life and how these folks kind of got left behind. And when you say it's not race, it's class, what that does is it excuses, you know, whatever privileges you might have had, whatever advantages you might have had and the disadvantages that somebody might have had simply because of the race that they was born in. And we can't have a conversation if, you know what I'm saying, if you didn't fully earn your billions and these other people didn't fully just like, you know, be somewhat responsible for where, you know, they ended up in life. That's why these people like to avoid having these conversations about race. Like, nah, man, the people that stuck in these schools, the people that you're talking about tend to be black and brown and poor. Right, but not not the cape for homie, but like let's 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 dig into this article, right? So like, so one part it says to be clear, we should do everything we can to improve our public schools, mm-hmm. but our education system can't compensate for the ways our economic system is failing Americans. Mm-hmm. The economic system is not failing all Americans, right? Right. The economic system is failing poor and disenfranchised folks. That's what you would consider black, brown, and rural white folks, mm-hmm. right? So that's who is failing, right? So I mean, but so, but what's his answer? Like, what, I don't what, see you. You know damn well he ain't putting no answer. What, in that's here. what I'm saying, bro. Like he, like this. <laughs> tell me his answer. Tell me his solution, right? Like what I'm hearing somebody say is, look, I'm cutting off the purse strings, right? Which yeah. is no business. That's cool. Like. And listen, if you want to give them back out, I'm here to take it. I'm not mad at you. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that can use your bread to do some good with it. You know what I'm saying? But like, don't, don't, just don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining, bro. Like, don't, don't, don't say like, I had this epiphany and I'm going to write this Atlantic article and I'm about to get out the, the Ed reform game. You feel me? To where Diane Ravage is saying that you woke. That's, that's insane, yo. They still in our slang, bro. <laughs> don't nothing else kill that term. That should do it. Yeah, yeah. It, like that should do it, man. Like I, I, I want that retired. It's 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 some BS, bro. It's 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 really really trash. And I don't know. I, I got a lot of feelings about it. I, I'm gonna let you rock because I got a lot of feelings. Because yo, yo, I just want to just I I'm kind of gonna just read qu- read quotes from this article and let you go the hell off. Go ahead. <laughs> yo, I, All right, so it says, in a fast-changing, technologically advanced economy, how could there not be? But this this mismatch doesn't begin to explain widening inequality of the past four years. Like, what? what? Like, did did, did we just get poor? Like, like, did schools just get bad? No. Bro, we talk about this. Ray froze up a little. Come in, essential. 
office, they come in and they want to say, hey, um, charter schools are the problem. But then we always say schools were shit before charter schools were ever open. That was the reason why people wanted charter schools. People want school choice because they're tired of going through generation after generation of public schools failing their kids. Like, it's very simple. Like, if you give me a bad school, I don't want my kid to go to that school. I don't care about your union. I don't care about your middle-class lifestyle. And I am not trying to sustain that for you. Pam, I, 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 we're on the same page. Listen, this is, this, maybe we need to do shows that were just us more often because <laughs> I feel everything that you just said, man. Like, they, they made me come up with a new term, bro, of what these people are doing. Like, there used to be the term soft bigotry. Right. Like where it's like we just got these low like like all oh, them people, they, you know, don't worry about them. Like, you know, they had it rough, so they don't need to know how to read. Like like we I think this is these people, bro, like. When folks look at us, man, I just don't know what they see. Right. Like I just I just don't know what these people see when they see a black school in an urban area. Like I, I just I just feel like they they are like. These people are beyond the pale. Like, this is what I'm hearing dude say. Like, we need to just, because he says we should keep doing everything we can to fix education. Well, what, what, what you want to do? Like, let's talk about those ideas, right? Like, so, so, wait, so then he also says, he says, a college diploma is no longer a guaranteed passport into the middle class. So what is a high school diploma? Like, what, what are you saying? Like, if you, if, you have a college, if you have a college degree, then you have better access to jobs and you have better access to things than you would if you didn't have it. This, this is for people, people that say this, one, they tend to already have a college degree. Mm-hmm. Two, they tend to have wealth to play around with. So yeah, if I'm, if I'm, three, to, if I'm three generations of wealth, right? If my grandkids are going to be straight, then mm-hmm. having a college degree probably isn't the end all be all. That's when you can talk to kids about having a gap year or mm-hmm. figuring out what they want to do or, you know what I'm saying? Because people like to talk about Steve Jobs. They like to talk about uh, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, like the cats that dropped out of college and all that stuff. But like, first off, they came from a little bit of bread and they right. were, oh, off the wall geniuses, right? Like, so, and it's a lot of people that take those routes that don't do well. But when you are poor and you are black, it is still one of the game changers that we still need in our community. Listen, bro, like I'm the first person in my family to go to college, man. It's changed the trajectory of my last name. I'm right. not that college is the end all be all. I'm not saying that it's a lot of beef that I got with college, bro. I owe six figures back to school, feel me? Like, like, and there was a lot of frustration that came out of that, but I'm only in the position that I'm in right now. I only get the opportunities that I get because I have like those degrees. Those degrees offer different levels of access when you black or you brown. And listen, here's the thing. I got more degrees than a lot of people when I show up in rooms and they still look at my black ass kind of weird off top. You know what I'm saying? I still got to do a little bit more proven, right? Like people still holding their purses. Me having four degrees ain't stopped that white lady from clenching her purse. But what it did do is that it got me through the door on some stuff. It got me some looks that I would have never gotten and a lot of looks that a lot of my friends ain't getting. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's, I still think that it is irresponsible to tell somebody that's coming out of poverty that college may not, that college ain't for them or that they don't need college. If, if a kid decides that on their own or a family decides that on their own, that's fine. But if you are a school, your job is to pre- prepare young people for college and career. Like that is your job. 
Bro, so all right, so here we go. Here's the here, so so we talked about like how you know people are looking at this article like, oh my god, this is so profound, and you know all this other stuff. Well, here's the profound debunker. It says with unemployment with the unemployment rate near a 50 year floor, mm-hmm. low wage industries such as accommodations, food service, and retail are struggling to cope with the shortage of job applicants. So when we talk about unemployment being at a 50 year low. We're talking we're not talking about unemployment for us right unemployment in the hood is still high as hell right and and people those jobs are not just coming to the hood like what what uh, unemployment and underemployment right like the people that's underemployed listen bro you you you, you this, this is why it's just a problem and here's the thing right because when this article came out it revealed a lot of people to me Right. Like it, it, it lets you know, like we we can be like on the same side because there's some interest convergence. But at yep. the end of the day, if you didn't grow up the way you and I grew up, where we grew up with the type of parents that we grew up with and the type of neighborhoods where what happened to our friends happened to our friends. Yeah. Like the real from the fake start to really, really show. You feel me? Like and, and, and people like to put themselves next to us like the struggles is the same and they ain't. No, they're not the same and at all. The things that's on the line ain't the same. They just not, right? So, you know what I'm saying? So I came up with this term, bro, and I'm writing about it. It's called, this is what these white folks do, bro. It's called radical binacity, fam. Yeah, talk like, to me. Ra- radical binacity is like, it's the gradual, like, yet constant creation of false binaries and false dichotomies that mm-hmm. always center whiteness and wealth as the sole solution to large-scale problems that impact us. Okay. So let me give you an example, bro. Yeah. We do these false binaries all the time. So like in my doctoral program and you in a doctoral program too, I had beef with people all the time because the program itself was built for white women because 80% of teachers are what? White women. Right? So what it does is instead of saying this is a racist ass system, that this system is harming people and when it harms people, those people die, they become homeless or they, whatever the case is, what it says is instead of saying it's a racist system, it says, oh, there was an unconscious bias. So what that does is it softens the blow of what you've done and what you continue to do. It gives you a nice fluffy turn without you having to really grapple with what it is that's happening. The other thing that it does is, and then it centers them. Like when we read these articles, bro, it centers them as the solution. So, you know, that's how you get uh, people going into the hood school and like going in to save it and to do all this stuff, right? Like it, it, it depends on that person. And so we create these false binaries and here's here and this like this country lies to us, bro. So here's a, a false binary, bro, like either fix education or fix economic inequality or it's the crack addiction, crack, the crack epidemic is vilified and we got to like stomp that out because that's crime and we got to put them people in jail versus, oh, there's an opioid addiction that requires. Man, okay, you don't want to get me started about this, bro. Right? It's bro, because what I'm, bro, it is a, it is, it is radical binacity, bro. And it's not just one of these things. It's multiple things of these things at play at once. It's also, oh, look, these people selling weed. These, these black folks are selling these weed and drugs and they on a, they on a corner. They got to get, they crime lords. Versus, yeah. I just saw a magazine this week where it was talking about the white innovation in the marijuana space crazy like, like you know what i'm saying or it's uh or let, let me give you another radical binacity moment 
school choice is this Trumpian evil that came through Bessie DeVos and billionaires versus, oh, she bribed, for, she bribed them colleges because she was doing the best for her child to get her into the best school. Like she right. just somebody that care about her kid. Right. It's a, it's, it's a radical binacity. And in all of these scenarios, they do three things, bro. One, they center whiteness as a solution. Like okay. we got to care. Like every one of those cases has white people fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. Two, they take agency away from the minoritized or the poor, meaning like, oh, if a black parent chooses a school choice, it's not because they chose something that's best for their kids. Then how could they do that? Because they poor and they stupid, right? It's because yeah. billionaires told them that they should do this. So somebody lied to them and they just don't know what they want. And mm-hmm. the third thing that they do, bro, is they build their wealth at the dismay, the horror, and the disproportionate consequences of the minoritized, while the holders of whiteness and wealth get to be called progressive and passionate and good and so much more, when they ain't gave a damn answer to fix not one problem. All Bro, of those things do that. I feel, like, I feel like what you just described could be a new theoretical framework. Yeah, bro, that's why I call it ra- radical binacity. I mean, I'm writing this article now, and, and, and maybe it'll do, I'll do something with, on the academy side of it, bro, but I'm going to just get this out, like, this week, bro, because it's just, like, that's what they're doing, bro, and I can, I can point, it's not just, one, if we were just pointing to one thing out of context, great. Me and you could run through 10 different of these radical binaries that people creating that leaves white people like this billionaire being called good, great, honest, Thank you. He's woke. All this stuff, and he ain't add, he ain't answered one question. Not a one. It's one problem. <laughs> he just told us some shit that we knew. Be if you grew up in the hood, like yeah, I'm broke and I'm uneducated. Like oh, maybe if I get this education though, it'll help me to not be broke. You feel me? What I'm saying? Like what, what? of course we want to like fix inequality, uh, uh, like economic inequality. Like please fix that. Fix that today. You feel me? But like. Just a couple, man. I'm last, just, the last sentence. The last sentence of his article. It what's says, the last sentence? Remind me. Fixing that problem will require wealthy people to not merely give more, but take less. Try that. Right. <laughs> Listen, what do, I, wait, what do I say on this podcast all the time, bro? What do I always We are our own. We if, are on our own. On our own. And if my freedom, fam, if my freedom, if my child's freedom, if, if my educational access has to depend on a racist system and racist people choosing no longer to be racist tomorrow, then take me out right now, bro. I don't want to play in that game. It's not going to ever happen, bro. You know that. Because who, and in that last sentence, who is the, who, who fixes the problem in that last sentence? Who is the only people that can fix it? They are. Right. (laughs) Right. Now, listen, let me be clear, right? Because I'm not on some bootstrap stuff. Like I don't, I don't, I don't buy into like, super on this side or super on that side, right? Like, I think it's a mix of things. I think you need allies, right? I think you need people that's helping and that's pushing us forward, man. But if you're going to be an ally, then damn it, be an ally. Like, be a good ally. Like, use your privilege to, like, actually help some people get out of a situation. So here's what, I got some suggestions for him, and I hate telling people how to spend their money, but obviously he's asking because he just did this whole ass article and didn't have any answers. So here we go. (laughs) If it's about... (laughs) Economic inequality. Take a few of your millions, find you some folks that fit the profile, the black kids, the brown kids, the poor, the poor white kids in the, in, the, in, the, in the rural areas, right? Because I feel, like, I feel like we don't talk about them enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I live in Kentucky. I, they, they, they struggling too, right? But take, yeah. take, 
take a group of them from, take some from every single category. And you teach them strategy, teach them, give, give them seed money, teach them how to use it, teach them strategy, and then help them change their economic situation if that's the case. Like, do the experiment. Like, like if, that's the, if, if that's what you need to do, right, if, we need to, if that's the only way that we can fix this and how we start, then there are some economic principles that we just don't know. Like, listen, bro, I, I, I went to school. I, I got a college degree, but I didn't grow up in a tradition of good economic practices, right? So I, it's, it's a bunch of stuff that I just don't know. And it's a bunch of mistakes that I made that I have to pay for, right? So like, help out, use, be a good ally, use your privilege and your knowledge and help me build up those navigation skills while you use your whiteness and your money to change structural inequalities. Like it has to be a both thing. It, it has to be a both end. It can't be this or shit that y'all keep talking about. Like, oh, I'm not going to help in education no more because, you know, I just realized, I just realized, yo, mm-hmm. it's economic inequality. Shut, shut up. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of these people. I, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I need, I need Chris and Sharif here to, to uh, it's cool when I ain't got to like just host and like manage four people. I, I, I get to uh, <laughs> let loose a little bit. But anyway, I told you, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to go off like that. I just, I read this and I was just, and it wasn't that I was mad at him because I would work with him. I would talk with him and we can like have a conversation. I would love to have a conversation with him. It's all these people that I kind of like and respect that's loving this article. And yeah, but bro, so, so compare, compare what, compare Hanauer, because I think that's how you pronounce his name, Mr. Hanauer. So compare his actions to like the actions of a Robert Smith Morehouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who put his money where his mouth was? Who what? Yeah. You can, yo, shout, out, shout out to that black man. Yeah. Yeah, and, get, and I mean, listen, and Robert and, and Mr. Smith got a good week. In the headlines. And then, what a great week, bro. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying, like, we, and that should be, like, he sh- I, I would love for him to be the person that writes a rebuttal. I'm about to write a rebuttal, but he should be the person that's writing a rebuttal. And, like, oh, I got some ideas for how we can do some stuff, bro. Yeah. Like, and, I, and maybe, and that's not to say, maybe this cat is going to keep doing stuff. Like, I want to be very clear. Like, not that he's going to hear this or whatever, but if you do, if he does hear it, like, I'm not... Cause you have given some money, you have done some stuff. And again, I'm not one of these people that's like telling people what they should and shouldn't do with their money. Like I gotta, like people came after Mr. Smith about who got money and who didn't. It's like, that's his money. Like what you talking? Like that's your money. <laughs> <laughs> your money. I'm not, I'm not that guy. But what I am saying is that we let folks off the hook. You know what I'm saying? Like he gets to ride off into the sunset, like as if he just solved, world hunger and he didn't and there's nothing there are no solutions in this thing that we didn't know and i'm looking at you sideways if you read this article and you were like oh my god all this time it's coming <laughs> it's, it's 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 economic inequality it's bro people people grasping at this point people are grasping for hope we're grasping for straws right now they're just looking for the next new wave and um and yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man, because the wave guy doesn't come home until next year. Yo, all I'm, yo, bro. <laughs> if, if listen, if you white and you listening to this, if you white and you give money, if you, if you're not white, right, but like, if you are a philanthropist, right, like, and you thinking like, yo, I'm tired of being in this game, right? I just need to get up out of it. Let me just say, 
it's not an easy thing to fix, but it's not a one thing. It has to be an ecosystem of solutions where people are working both directly with folks and to break down these, these systemic structures that have been racially like targeting like some of the worst folks and like the worst off folks in this country. And, and I come from a family that has dealt with that. Like I come from, a, like, I, it's never just, bro, I, I visited both my parents in jail, bro. Like, like I visit, like, most of the men in my family have gone to jail or been behind bars at some point. Like I grew up on welfare. Like, like there's a lot of stuff, like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have health insurance for super long. And for the longest, I thought that going to the clinic was going to the doctor, right? Like that's just, there's a bunch of structural, I ate government cheese. Like there's a bunch of things that, that I had to do and that you had to do on a bunch of black folks, a bunch of brown folks, a bunch of poor white folks, a bunch of Asian folks, right? That people in this country have had to do none of those people are confused as to whether economic inequality is an issue in this country. Those are all facts, bro. And then, but I'm not, I'm not going to let you undersell welfare cheese, bro. We already had this debate. I mean, yeah, bro, I got cheese ever. Yeah. That's what's up. I, I, it it was really good. I remember being really good and guess what? I never want to see again. So, (laughs) (laughs) then, your homegirl, though. Let me tell you what your homegirl did. You ready for what your homegirl did? What did what, well, she's not my homegirl, but what did she do? What Ray's homegirl did. Ray's homegirl, Dirty Diana. Oh, you feel boy. me? Yo, but you ain't. Diana Ratch. Don't, 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 don't call her Dirty Diana because Diana, Diana, the real Diana Ross, man, the real Dirty Diana, just had a concert at Radio City Music Hall. I think it was last night, and I didn't get Shout to go. To queen. Shout out to a queen. I, yeah, I, don't. <laughs> let me let me tell you what Miss Rabbit said. Okay, what does he say? Miss Rabbit said, "American public schools are not failures." This is a false narrative invented during the Reagan administration to divert public money to vouchers, and endlessly repeated by entrepreneurs, right wing, and grifters. Public all the, when all those fails, blame Reagan. Wait, 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 oh, wait, wait, wait. Public schools educated 90% of Americans read Reign of Error. This is this is your homegirl. Like, when did she say the oh, was she, she did that after she did the walk? She said this 11 hours ago. Jesus, and oh, I'll find the woke tweet for you, but go ahead and comment off of this one. And uh, we, bro, I don't, yo, honestly, like, I don't, I don't, I don't even understand how people still get her to forum to um. To even even have like these sound bites, um, I, she's irrelevant. I mean, like she flip flopped too much for me. Like if you go back to her work twenty years ago, she's a champion for reform, right? Mm-hmm. But because the money on the other side was better, right? Now she's a champion for teachers' unions and all things public education, right? Those are the worst kind of people. I mean, I listen. I don't. I, here's the thing, right? Like I actually don't have a problem with people that that feel the way they feel. So she's entitled to change her mind. She is entitled to feel how she wants to feel. And other folks are entitled to, uh, they can, they can follow her if they like. My issue is, is that I feel like she's gotten past the pace where she wants to actually engage with people in a healthy way. Like, I think that it's just now just attacks and like only reporting out on negative things on charter schools. Again, man, like I don't, I'm the only person in our park. I don't worry at a charter school. I ain't go to a charter school. Like, I don't, I don't care what the model is, right? Like, I just want to make sure things are educating our kids. But when you 
look for every little thing that's wrong and bad with something without offering real solutions. Like when your only solution is to pay teachers more um, and that'll fix the problem. Like it won't fix the problem. So by the way, it won't. And there's no way that you want us to like be able to check on that and see how that's doing. You know what I'm saying? I just think that that's a problem, man. And I think that it's really problematic for me when somebody that will never, ever, ever, ever live in a type of neighborhood that I grew up in that does not have to go to the type of schools that have to go through, that does not deal with the family issues that I've dealt with, that does not deal with the economic issues that I had to deal with. And where education played a key role, like I needed it, I depended on it uh, to change my lot in life. And I want to say something to these people, man, because these people like to come at me and say, well, Charles, you always talk about how bad public education was for you and all that stuff, but now you're a doctor. Like, check this out. I'm not a doctor because of public education. I'm a doctor in spite of it. And I didn't, my public education did not like teach me. It didn't make me smarter. What it was is I had to pass through that. It was a gateway for me to get to college. But where I learned my real lessons was in my community. It was through mentors. It was through barbershops. It was through the boys club. It was through black churches. It was through all these other things. So like, let's be really clear around what school represents for different people in different, in different moments. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to like, cause, cause they just like to pump her up, man. I just, I just don't, I, I got a problem, bro. If you're from the hood and you black or brown, and that's and that's the person that's like, like your go-to, that's your king. I, I just got an issue, man. Like that's just I just insert Killmonger is this your king right here? And and I can't find that 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 one uh uh tweet uh Ray, but she does have a tweet that says true that. So I'm pretty sure that she got like some young urban person like running her uh, a Twitter feed at this point. You feel Same me? Same on that person. I mean, hey, your job is a job. Yo, well, I, yo, if, yo, <laughs> well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, before I say shame on that person, whoever you are, person, we are looking for an intern. Eight Black Hands is looking for an intern. So if you want to come and do the right thing, come intern for us. Let's get this pop. So go, take us out, bro. Like, give me your, give me your final thoughts on this, man. Where do you want people to take? Uh, from your views around this this article, just this issue as a whole that we just discussed. So they're rich white folk. We 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 need, we need you, but not at the not at the expense of uh of of, of us turning over black lives and brown lives um, to 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 this type of situation or whatever. Like you know, we want feedback from you in terms of like how we can get things and do things better, but at the end of the day. We can do it on our own. And I really want our listeners and I really want black and brown folks to know and and to kind of hone that, that fact that we don't need billionaire money. We just need ourselves in order to like make efforts and make schools for our kids be the kind of schools that we want for our kids. That's what's up, man. My final thoughts are similar to yours, bro. I think that, I think a lot of people think that black brilliance or brown brilliance or whatever has to be a, in close proximity to whiteness for it to be a thing and for it to happen. And I just don't agree with that. I think that I welcome allies, but if you're going to be an ally, then be a damn ally. And being an ally isn't getting in the way. It's not grandstanding and it's not um, giving large soliloquies as you actually don't solve anything, right? It's actually leveraging the power, the privilege, the access that you have to help people get ahead uh, so they can compete on the even playing field. And a lot of y'all got that type of 
power if you choose to use it. So, you know, that would be my, maybe we should, just, maybe I should do an article at some point just on how to be a good ally. Uh, but yeah. That, oh, yeah. But, but that's it for me, man. This was fun, Ray. Um, this was fun. Uh, don't forget to check out Ray's podcast. We will, it'll be on, the, it's on the A Black Hands feed now, but Ray, tell them where they can find it again. And what's it called? Absolutely. It's called the Edupirist Pod. So you can find me on Twitter at the Edupirist Pod. All right, man. And for me, uh, I got a few different podcasts that I produce or co-produce. Uh, one for the State of Black Education, Oakland, which focuses on Oakland leadership, basically, like that works with black folks or black folks in leadership. It's kind of like a one-on-one interview session. Uh, we got our youth voice piece, but I'm bringing back my personal podcast back, which it might talk a little bit about education stuff, but it ain't, that ain't the place to go for the ed stuff. That's the place to go for the, the Charles stuff. The, the <laughs> <laughs> Some might call the ratchet stuff. Um, <laughs> the things that, uh, the, that's the place where I talk about the things that I got in the podcast and to talk about. So that's the cold world podcast. And I think I might be bringing that back, but um, we miss our brothers go and check out the stuff that they're doing. Chris is always doing a whole bunch of writing, same as Sharif. So check them out. We will be back soon. Uh, you have been listening to another episode of the Eight Black Hands podcast. Uh, for Ray Ankrum, this is Charles Cole. We will see y'all on the other side. Peace out. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.